welcome to, are you ready for this, the Bob Bizzasto edition of The Two Tones, featuring Tony DeBolfo. Greetings, Tony. Uh, myself, Tony Moclair, and our producer, Cristiano, who we're going to hear from in a minute. Now, uh, The Two Tones is uh, an official podcast of the Carlton Football Club, and it's presented by Barclay Smokehouse. Oh, yes. And, uh, Tone, I don't know if you know any of the other great uh, football players who have managed to combine... Uh, an AFL career with small goods. Oh, well, there's a question without notice. Um, right, that might be that might be the subject of a tweet. Um, I'm going to start the ball rolling and mention Mark Prosciutto <laughs> and Daniel Hammerford. Oh. Okay, that's it. Right, no you've more been, puns. You've been working on this I've all week. I can tell. It. Yes, I have. Now, Tone, uh, it was uh, look. It's a dirty. It's a dirty phrase. Honourable loss. Don't and it mention be it. Dirty. Don't mention the war. Don't I told mention you that. the war. Well, instead, let's just mention the game. Uh, Carlton went down uh, um, to Sydney Swans at Marvel Stadium. Big crowd. Forty thousand turned up. Uh, that was very heartening. I've got to say. A heartening uh, turn it, yes, Tony, as you have acknowledged. But you know, unfortunately, the boys again failed to uh, uh, come up with the chocolates. Look, I I recall um, probably the first forty five seconds of that match. Um, you know, when I think oh. back to this game, that that period sticks in my mind. Uh, yeah. Paddy Dow running into an open goal, hitting the post, and then uh, within a few seconds, Harry Mackay uh, hitting the post again from a set shot, point blank. Yeah, that, and, that was frustrating. And I remember turning the fellow I was sitting with and saying, two goals there sets the tone for the day." Two behinds there sets the tone for the day. Great and, point. of course, what happened, Swans rallied with the first goal. We're immediately on the back foot. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes down to 19 points and you reflect on what might have been Tony, that's where it gets frustrating, you know. What if this? What if that? Just got to take your chances um, in this cutthroat caper, as we, as we know. And well, um, yeah. I just hope the players learn from that and uh, make every... Post a winner, dare I say? Well, no, it's a, it's a fair point. I'm, you know, I'm going to bring you to uh, a point in the game where Levi had what should have been a regulation shot, you'd think, for a key forward. C- keep in mind, Sydney kicked 6-1 in the first quarter. Could their, not miss. Their only behind was in the last minute of the first quarter. So they were deadly. And uh, then Levi, we are, we're 15 points down. We have the momentum this was in I think the third quarter um, and Levi hits the post the ball from memory uh, goes coast to coast and that's when um, Heaney is given what I thought was a really soft free and if ever you need a, an example that the game is stacked against Backman that was it and he slots it and all of a sudden it's a 21 point ball game effectively killed off the contest yeah. I thought that, that I remember that moment you yeah. know, and uh, look Heaney you know he played a great too. game, he, don't he, get he me wrong. He was a player that Carlton yep. could not match up on. Yeah. Fa- fabulous performance. I do think we were badly uh, thrown out when McGovern failed to return yeah. into the second half because what you then found is that Harry Mackay, um, uh, Mr Mackay will be happy for me to uh, repeat that, Mackay. Mackay, well done. Uh, Harry, I thought was, well, he's been in, in you know great form. It got to the stage in the second half against the Swans team where he was triple teamed every time he went near it. And, and can still mark. Well, he could, but I, I think, you know, the frustration is that, you know, we, there were so many inside 50s for such 
paltry make return. A return. Yeah, very true. So, look, there's a lot. There's a lot there to work work with. In saying that, there were positives. You know, if you think, well, I mentioned Mackay as one ongoing good form of Harry Mackay, particularly with our Charlie and, and then McGovern in, in the fray. Um, yeah, Cripps, you know, well, we know wow. what sort of a season he's having. And, of course, Liam Jones, which we'll wow. talk about shortly, was, um, was a tour de force on the best forward in the comp. Can we just uh, shine the spotlight on that? Because I don't think he can be celebrated enough. He's done quite a bit of media this week. He was on the Mengroot uh, football show. Um, I have no idea how kind of... Well, this sounds... Um, I, I sound like a, an 80-year-old fuddy-duddy. He's a very well-spoken young man. He is indeed. He's, and um, still water's running deep there. He, oh, yes. He was pantsed by uh, Buddy... Um, in that was, contest of the SCG, yes. 2017. And um, this is a bloke who sat down and did his homework. Very much so, Tony. And, and, and you're right what you say about the, the character of the man. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a, also an introspective figure, quite a, a deep thinker about about the game and, and leaves no stone unturned in terms of his preparation. And I had the great fortune to talk to him after that game uh, at the weekend tone and he was talking about uh, the videotapes that he'd explored of, of Sydney's previous two contests where where Eastern Wood uh, from the Bulldogs yeah. manned up on him and then the following week Daniel Talia when they played Adelaide and he watched how they played. But I think what was burning in his mind was that, uh, that contest late in 2017 where he he admitted that he, he probably backed himself in too much against Franklin as a, yeah. a superstar yeah. and was caught out the other way after spilling the mark. He said Franklin was so adept in, in getting back for the fallen footy after it had come over the top. Yeah. So he said, this time around, I made sure that if I couldn't match him in the air, I was ready to go... Uh, when, when when Buddy turned and take him and he was with him and and, he, and see the thing with the thing with Liam Jones he's a big man so he matched Buddy for for height but he's also quick on the deck and so he, he matched Franklin for speed. Not many players can actually say that they can they can do that with any real degree of effectiveness and, and he's one that that can. The other point I like to mention too, Tony, is that uh, he also sought out. Uh, this is um, Liam Jones I'm talking about. Uh, Zach Dawson, who is now working at the club oh, yeah. um, as manager of Carlton's Next Generation Academy. Now, Zach Dawson, you know, for years, Hawthorne secured and later Fremantle, he was the, uh, the the player that always took the, you know, the best defender whenever the Dockers played. And uh, what a thankless task that is, you know, over a 10-year period. And he, and he said that Jones told me that he, he, he got a lot of uh, support from Zach Dawson how to approach this contest. And uh, interesting with Zach, I, I, I caught up with him after this interview and I, I told him that, look, I'd spoken to Liam Jones, he, he honoured your uh, commitment to helping him prepare for this um, game. And I asked him, I said, what was it like playing key defensive role for, you know, 10 years, 12 years of your career? And he said it was, it was hell. Really? He said to, to the mental and physical toll of having to commit for, for two hours, you know, concentrate for two hours on, on knowing where you're where your man was, and particularly a player of Franklin's ilk. You know, yeah. you, you always had this fear that, in, you know, two, three minutes of football, he could basically tear the game open. And um, Zach also mentioned to me that in his last year at Fremantle, Ross Lyon had said to him, look, you're going to be limited in the number of senior games you play this year. And he said, I understood that. I went back to the seconds. He said, I played forward in the twos for that year. And he said it was probably the most enjoyable foot year of football I ever had. There you go. So that gives you an indication of, of what it takes 
to to you know play the key defensive post, but then have, having to somehow negate uh, the best the best forward line player in the comp. And that's exactly what Liam Jones did with uh, with Lance Franklin. Well, he did, and and you're right. But, um, but he never looked like tearing it open. No, he, he never he looked didn't. like slipping the leash. Which and is and a, I mean, even the, that's right. The two goals that he he got were from you know dubious yeah. you know dubious uh, contested decisions. Um, so. You know, all power to Liam Jones. Um, it was a mighty game, a great, a great showing. Now we have uh, some audio of Liam Jones. Yes. In a press conference, I want you to have a listen to this because of, um, well, number one, again, this is character. He was so humble. He didn't even know it was, it was his fiftieth game, and also the the players that he chooses to highlight in this particular grab. I think it's um, a very interesting bit of audio. Let's hear it. Yeah, I, I didn't realise it was my fiftieth, but it's it's been great. Um, I've said it a little bit, but I'm just so grateful to be playing footy, um, whether it be AFL level, VFL level. I've enjoyed my time at the Northern Blues um, and times at the AFL as well. Um, and I think we're building something really special. And um, I'm just, yeah, so thankful to be able to run out there with guys like Kate Simpson, Mark Murphy, and being able to um, be out there with a superstar like Paddy Cripps and seeing development of Sam Walsh. And it's a dream come true every week to run out there and pull on the Carlton jumper. Now, Tone, um, round three, uh, Carlton down to uh, Sydney at uh, Marvel Stadium. Your three votes, please. Well, it was hard to go past Ed Curnow. I mean, the goal oh, sneak slotted four and was absolutely fabulous. The, the goals he kicked were terrific goals. I think there was one one relatively easy one from a 50-metre penalty. But some tremendous um, running goals. You know, that, that dribbler from the pocket oh. early was... Uh, was something to behold. Uh, good on your head. It was well played. We needed uh, goals and you delivered. Two votes I gave to the man in question, uh, Liam Jones. I Terrific. thought his performance on Franklin was um, uh, was sup- supreme. It really was. And three votes where well, you can't go past the captain, Patrick Cripps, again leading by the, from the front. Um, uh, it just seems to relish the, the pressure. Um, you know, the hotter it is, the better he likes it. And... Um, Talk about leadership. Now, there's a fellow that's really um, leading the way and, um, you know, all power to the Crip Meister. He's, uh, he's, he's really flying at the moment. Did I – was I seeing things? Was it Cripps who wore a Sydney player on his back and then attempted to go for a run? Yes, it was Papley. <laughs> Papley uh, – in fact, I, I took a different uh, view of that particular incident. Tone. That's surely around the neck to Cripps. Well, yeah. I mean, Patrick Actually, got him head point. high. Surely that's a free kick. Anyway, yeah. right. uh, a bit of banter there that, you know, uh, I think it was welcomed by the, uh, the, the patrons that were there at the, at the day, but um, extraordinary bit of footage it was. Uh, it certainly Wasn't was. Deep. It's uh, something to behold. Uh, now, this is the two tones you're listening, courtesy of our good friends at the Barclay Smokehouse. Um, now, uh, we have a tweet handle, Tony. Yes. This is very exciting. It's at Two Tones CFC. Yes. And uh, a couple of the lads are on their mobiles at the moment, so no doubt they're tweeting or just reading the tweets because we're being flooded, I'm sure. So now, Tone, um, if you tweet us in a response, a correct response to the quiz, yes, you score a prize courtesy of the Barclay Smokehouse. Mr Greco's finest there will go to the winner, Tone, which is lovely. And um, and, and so let's hope that those questions keep flooding in. We, uh, and also um, the ultimate winner of the year will have their likeness carved from ham with a chainsaw. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll eat to that. Yeah, all right. So now, speaking of tweets, Tone, we have one, and Cristiano is here to tell us what it is. Okay. Tone and Tone. 
I always say thanks for having me back on, but I've actually got the power on this show now, so yeah, yeah. it's not really you letting me back on, it's me just deciding. I know, yeah, it's great. When we bow to you, trust us. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, one from Dark Detective 77 this Ooh. week. Um, just wondering if you could give a shout-out to the current supporters group in Queensland. No, who, no, we can't do no? that. Okay. No, okay. Well... Oh, it's worth asking. Sorry, no, sorry, do sorry, Dark Detective. <laughs> Jog on. Um, also, Dan Shan, he's wondered, just with the game on the weekend, that... For all our improvement this year, the opposition seem to be getting a fair bit of space in transition. Um, do you think that's a speed issue? Is the need for, not to use the cliches, the need for speed pretty important? Is a pacey addition what the, what the team needs to get their first win of the season? Uh, need for speed is always important. Um, to me, the, the thing I saw last week, Tone, was just an inability to maintain possession. I think if you're going to look at anything, um, that would be up there. Very true. I don't. I don't know that we're necessarily lacking a yard to be to be truthful. But it might be just um, more a case of positioning. You know, and I, I saw a great little bit of. Um, it was almost like an, an instruction manual involving Dangerfield, yeah. where, where he talked about at the centre contest where you should stand and how you should stand either to, to get a break on your opponent or to off put him. Yeah. So I was looking at that, and, and, and of course we're up against a team like Sydney that are, have, you know. They've been doing it methodically for the best part of a decade, this group of players. So I just think we're, we're, we've got players that are still learning. You know, if you think about who's in the heat, you know, the players you're talking about, you're talking about Dow, you're talking about, you know, Walsh, um, Fisher's, you know, a young young player as well. So I think um, it's a, it's more about the craft and, and, and yeah. the time that it takes to actually learn the craft of how is, to is position yourself. How to body yourself, how to read games, uh, running patterns. Um, it takes time. Is but I don't, I don't, those, I don't um, think it's, it's pace that's an issue. Well, could it be a, a case of younger players having to calibrate themselves to the speed of AFL, which we know is half a second or a second faster than they may be used to? And that, and that uh, it may not sound like a lot, but it is uh, in terms of decision-making when you're under pressure. Very, very true. And I suppose, the, you know, the, the pace of the game as it is, you know, and we, we were... You know, talking a little bit about the, the the concentration aspect of Jones earlier. If you're not there, if you're, you know, if you're an inth off uh, in your concentration, the ball's gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, so um, I mean, we've been lamenting this year the inability of the team to play four quarters f- football, and that's possibly uh, where um, Dan's um, concerns are, are, are really stemming from. Yeah. That we haven't been able to sort of. You know, lock in for four quarters. Um, it's a work in progress. What can I say? Love to see four quarters up north this week in town. That's all I, I know. Couldn't agree more. I, look, if if anything, and I guess you take the positives where you can. Sydney didn't get away from us in the first quarter. No, um, no, and, they didn't. You know, and you, and you can't say that for the Richmond game. And uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember the port uh, port first yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was. But... It was. It was. We've been in all of those games. You yeah, know, and and maybe 12 months ago. We might have been blown away, yeah. You know, various stages. So, so you'd like to think um, that we're making making ground here. There we go. I hope that answers uh, the tweet in a roundabout way. I can't speak for Dan, but I think so. Okay, great. <laughs> what does he get in terms of Barclay Smokehouse? Uh, he doesn't get anything. He doesn't get unless anything. he answers the quiz question. Correctly. Oh, okay. And what is the now? quiz question, please, Christiana? Well, we'd like to hear a theme here on on the two tones. Great. So last week we mentioned the two Brownlow medalists for Carlton and Sydney. Yeah. This week against the Gold Coast. I want to know, and I'm not sure if either of you know this. Don't say it if you do. 
which Carlton players played one game against the Gold Coast Suns and kicked four goals? Ooh. Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, if you get this best, I'll be very impressed. <laughs> Am I allowed to say? No. 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 You can okay, say it off I'll mention off here. Okay. Hang on. Just do you know? I don't know. I don't think he does. I, I, I've got I've got some idea, but I'm I'm not prepared to declare with any conviction. Tone, put it that way. Oh, can I tell you? It wouldn't surprise me because the knowledge you have rattling around in that scone oh, of yours, Tone, is be phenomenal. All right, so all you've got to do is just tweet us yes. at Two Tones CFC. So the question again, please, Christiana. Which player has played one game for Carlton? against the Gold Coast Suns and kicked four goals. All right, look An average to... of four goals a game, I believe that is. Oh, that's... If my that's checks not, not bad going. All right, we'll read the, uh, the winner out next week. Now, Tone, let's travel back in time oh. to the segment we call Got a Minute, Lad. You got a minute, lad. Thank you, Tony. And, and as I alluded last week, we've got a very, very significant minute in the, uh, the annals of Carlton history to share with you today. I... I take you back to the night of Tuesday, December the 22nd, 1964. Minutes of committee meeting held at the Carlton Recreation Ground, Tony. And one of the items on the agenda is appointment of coach. Oh, yes. Now, I'll just read read what is minuted here. Moved Mr Newton, seconded Mr Emmanuel, that Ron Barassi be appointed coach of Carlton Football Club for a term of three years. Carried. Oh, Moved Mr Emmanuel, seconded Mr McEncrow, that Arborassi be paid £2,000 per annum, in brackets £30 coaching, £10 expenses, withdrawn. Moved Mr Rout, seconded Mr Smallman, that Arborassi be paid £2,000 per annum as playing coach, carried. So it looks as though Barass was haggling for expenses. <laughs> They've docked him back. And, give, and said, no, you, you, you'll cop a, fl- a flat fee to take us from the absolute doldrums, our worst result in league history, 10th and 12th in 64, to the mountaintop. He's, he, he heralded in the greatest era this club has ever known. And they were haggling with him for 30 quid. What is going on? They're not made of money here, you know. God, I mean, Melbourne can consider themselves doubly unlucky that he didn't go back. <laughs> anyway, it's in the it's in the minutes tone. I have delivered, uh, and that and oh. that is in black and white. Who knows what brown paper bags may have? No, don't talk about also, that. But, don't talk. In here, we know what what he was getting, and that and that. The club was haggling with him on a final fee. Can you believe it? Oh, look, if there were side payments, would it surprise you if the AFL launched an investigation and we lost <laughs> draft picks next year for a, a salary cap violation that occurred 60 years ago? Um, <laughs> anyway, now, that is it. Well, that is absolutely extraordinary. I've got to admire, you, you admire Barass, but, uh, but geez, Fisher's backside. Not tight enough. Um, there you go. Now, uh, Tone, um, there was a, a, an episode of the two tones. I was in, uh, oh. I was unavailable uh, earlier in the week, yes. so instead of the two tones, it was what would you call it? Well, it was the monotone. Actually. The monotone, and, and I was personally offended that you couldn't be here to share with me. But I understand the circumstances. Uh, it was a great moment. We I had an opportunity to interview uh, a young player. I've had. Uh, a real interest in speaking to for a long time because I have followed his form on the social networks and uh, 
you know, in football parlance, I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking of Patrick Kerr, um, um, grandson of the great Laurie Kerr, the great Carlton um, uh, footballer and power broker, um, nephew of um, Peter Kerr, who played here at the club too, and son of Steve Kerr, who I know quite well, a great Carlton man. Um, we had a great opportunity to chat, and um, it was rather extraordinary that he, through the course of the, um, the interview, revealed his penchant for... Um, uh, the bullwhip. Um, I, I know I'm probably being a little bit vague here in terms of the detail, but it was quite enlightening to to hear Patrick talk about uh, his his love for the bullwhip and what he what he does with it uh, when he's not uh, required to be kicking the leather around out the front here. So um, it was a it was a great opportunity to speak to him, to interview him, and to learn a little bit more about him and. Uh, uh, I guess the frustration for Patrick right now is that the twos haven't been really playing, yeah. uh, so he hasn't really had a chance to sort of, you know, put together any any uh, serious form. You know, he just hasn't had the opportunity to play. But he's close. You know, he, he, he's uh, he's making inroads and um, he's desperate to, um, you know, follow the family tradition and, and break through the seniors, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Well, you had a great chat with him and uh, it's well worth listening. We're about to hear it now. You're obviously part of the fold here at the Carlton Football Club as of 2019. Um, uh, you, you're really trying to make inroads with your career. It's been probably a little bit frustrating in terms of the timing. You, you were mentioning off here that um, you really haven't had a chance to have a run in recent times. Yeah, I was just, with the, the way the VFL fixture and AFL fixture aligns early days, but we don't technically have a VFL game till this weekend coming, so... You have sort of three weeks where we've uh, had a training session in a few uh, quarters of an intra-club on the weekend and a practice game just leading up. So since, until you sort of start playing for a, a few points is when everyone starts to get that little bit more of a competitive edge, even though we, we still go hard at the ball in the practice games. But, um, yeah, obviously with the, the, this round coming, everyone starts to get a bit more edgy and, you know, the, hopefully the form and all that um, accounts for something in the build-up. And uh, just to, to wind up on a rather light-hearted moment, uh, I understand you're rather proficient with the, uh, the whip in hand. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it, it's come of late. I didn't really know how to do it until I went to the family property. My cousin Matthew taught me how to do it, and then just by chance I asked for a, a whip from my parents for my 18th birthday. They thought I was joking, um, thought I was taking the piss, but then my mates from school... Bought me one without me knowing, I got that, and then just over the last few years I've learned a few little tricks and <laughs> seems to be a bit of a hit on the socials, which is always nice. You Keep... might like to share some of the tricks you, oh, you perform. Uh, get a candle out, can whip a stubby top off a, a VB stubby. Uh, there's been a few questions if I can knock a cigarette out of someone's mouth, but... I'll, look, I'll, I'll whip something up over the next few weeks just to keep everyone happy. Now, if you'd like to see the extended uh, interview, or the complete interview, I should say, that is going to be on the Carlton website, which is carltonfc.com.au. But then again, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know the website. Now, um, also, uh, all going well, you're going to see a bit of uh, Paddy Kerr's prowess with the whip when uh, it's him versus a candle. Yes, and uh, I'll tell you what, Bullwhip one, candle nil. Enough That's pretty said. emphatic. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, can I just put you on the spot again, uh, Tony DeBolfo, please? We mentioned uh, the twos and match simulation, which is a term I haven't heard before, but that's basically what the twos are for. How's Cruz going? Big Cruz, I would have thought, would be thereabouts. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's, uh, you know, he's over the, the latest uh, injury setback and, and ready to go. And do you know what? Um, his return can't come quick enough oh. because if you, if you look back on our first three games... Yeah. 
Nankervis, you know, was a very good player for Richmond. Yeah. Lysette did the number on us when oh, we played yeah, Port. Phillips, yeah. And then Sinclair was a reasonable player at the weekend too. So we, we really, really need the big fella's presence to uh, set the tone for the first bounce and... Uh, and afford our our, uh, our young runners uh, some um, some footy and some space to, to do some damage with it. it. It will definitely make a huge difference when he's back. Look, to say nothing of the rucks we've had, I mean, you know, not to disparage him or anything, but Cruz is, he just brings experience, mobility, um, and, uh, you know, that, that work rate that he's famous for. Well, that's right. And I'm not sure where he's at also, Tony, but um, Andrew Phillips was a late withdrawal last week as well. Okay. So that... That did, uh, you know, prove unsettling for the team team's balance overall. I, yeah. I feel, and uh, Lob had to uh, fill the breach. So we we do need um, strength in numbers uh, in terms of our big men there. Um, the only other one I would throw up, you know, personally I'd love to see back in the team is um, Faz. You know, Fazolo yeah. has had a spell. Uh, and Kennedy you know, is he is he thereabouts? I'm sorry, Kennedy. Well, Kennedy, uh, Kennedy was had come off a thirty possession game in the twos, yeah. but again, I, 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 I suspect he's ready to go. Um, it'll get, it'll come down to team balance, I, I guess, and yeah. you know, horse for courses up there um, and Metricon. So uh, you'd imagine that he'd be in the mix. Okay, we're going to preview the uh, the Metricon game or the Gold Coast Suns game in a moment. But uh, Cristiano, you have some club news for us. Certainly do, Tony. Um, so you mentioned team selection, which will obviously come out tonight, and a number of Blues are likely to return to some kind of action this weekend, whether that be AFL or VFL. Yep. One player who won't technically return um, is Mitch McGovern, considering he did play last week. Okay, was that hamstring soreness? Is that so what took him out? It was a hamstring as a result of a hip. So Andrew oh, okay. Russell actually detailed that in this week's injury report. So this is what Jack had to say about Mitch McGovern and his availability potentially this week. Mitch McGovern uh, didn't end up having any damage in his hamstring, which is great. He had an issue with his hip during the week. His hip shut down and his hamstring got tight. So we were concerned that he might do some major damage to that, and he was as well. So we made a decision to pull him out of the game, and he'll be a test to play this week. Okay, Cristiano, what else have you got? So it is the first VFL game this weekend, finally. My my boys are back after four years at the Northern Blues. Go to have them back in home and away action. So they'll come up against against Geelong on Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m., at GMHBA Stadium, unfortunately, don't have a home game until round four. So they had the buy in round one. You know, unfortunately, you know, one team's going to have it and it just fell our way this year. So against the Cats on Sunday, hopefully a few more players running around there. I'm sure players will return from injury. Andrew also mentioned that in the coming weeks, quite a few players will return, whether it's, you know, Tom Williamson, Darcy Lang, oh, yes, Harrison McCready, all, yeah. these, all these kind of boys who have missed quite a chunk of preseason. So, yep, uh, VFL back on Sunday. And, and then, uh, look, can I just say, thrilled that uh, Geelong have got an even break and have got a home game because they just never happen. <laughs> so that's terrific. <laughs> Had a home game round one as well on yeah, Friday night. Yeah. But we're you are getting too okay. cynical with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just the final one, you mentioned Liam Jones's 50th Carlton game, which yes. apparently he didn't know about, but, no. but now he's aware, which is, which is great. <laughs> now, can we just confirm, Christiana, you were the one who lobbed that question to him in the presser? I... I don't want to say anything. Oh, but, uh, okay. Protecting his sources, which is himself. <laughs> I believe it was Carlton Media. It wasn't, okay. oh, wasn't well it was Carlton Media. And one, one final one, potentially depending on selection as well, Matthew Lobie, who you mentioned before in terms of those ruck stocks, if he's selected, will play actually game 100 in the AFL this oh. weekend. Okay. Well, congratulations. And uh, we'd love to see him um, play blinder like, uh, like um, oh, Liam Jones Liam did for Jones. his 50th. Absolutely. So, now, Tone, uh, Metricon, the team travels on Saturday. They head north. 
it hasn't been the happiest of hunting grounds in the last couple of years. No, it uh, has not. And and let's be honest, Gold Coast have, um, have found something. Yeah. When, you know, well, both they teams res- up there have. Well, they, they have. They, they both seem to be really responding favourably at the moment. And um, look... You know, it's a it's a it's a great challenge. Um, you know, we're we're coming off zip three, so there's there's pressure there. Um, you know, if the players bring their A game together, play four quarters, which is what we all want, you, you'd and, like to think it'll be don't enough. Don't miss easy chances. Well, just take the chances when when they they come along, because you know it is um, a, a little source of frustration at the moment that, that they're not being taken. Uh, a great test, Tony, for the team. Um, they are under the microscope, let's be honest. Um, how do they respond after the disappointment of last week? That's the, the big question. Let's hope they respond favourably. I'm sure the players are up for the challenge. And um, fingers crossed we come back with the... Uh, we come home with the uh, bacon, dare I say it. That's all we can hope for. It's all we demand. It's all we expect. I'm trying to channel a bit of John Elliott from the <laughs> yeah. 70s here or, or Kerr Senior. Yeah, Let's very go true. There. Very true. All right, Tone. Uh, great work this week. Thank you for that. Can I just sign off by saying, Tony, I had the great pleasure last Sunday to attend the first ever uh, gathering of Carlton's life members oh. at Q Golf Course. Some names? Kew, the cl- Q Golf Club, I should say, not on the 18th. It was in the, the 19th. Um, some names in the house. Well, anyone from Big Nick down. So you had, uh, just thinking of the playing personnel, Mike Fitzpatrick, Craig Bradley, um, Warren Jones flew down from Sydney, Phil Malin, Peter McConville, Ken Sheldon, Southby, Mackay, they're all, all there. You had two um, uh, f- former presidents in the, in the room, John Elliott, um, I think Ian Collins was there also. Um, Mark Lajuda, Jade Kane Little were there too um, from... Um, uh, the club today as we know it uh, a fantastic day uh, and 73 life members in the room wow. and each were presented with a certificate to acknowledge their uh, connection with the Carlton Football Club family so I'm, I'm, suspe- I'm tipping it's going to be an ongoing annual event and what was pleasing tone perhaps most of all was that um, two more recent life members the Chieftain, Simon Wiggins Excellent. and uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood Anthony Franchita <laughs> were there and uh, they've got a mandate next year to tap five of their contemporaries on the shoulder, they're all life members, and get them back to this club because what we need to do is uh, bridge the gap between the, the old and the new. And, yeah. uh, but I think it was a very good head start at Q Golf Club on Sunday. And, um, and Patrick Kerr's uncle, Peter Kerr, was there, and I had a great chat with him, a great Carlton man. Um, it, was, it was great to be there, a real privilege and honour to be in the house. Now, I, I was talking earlier, Tone, um, unfortunately, Anthony Franchina, under the current numbering system of the two tones, is unlikely ever to get his own I, podcast. I love this, this idea. <laughs> so, Please share it with well, our, our, our massive li- <laughs> listening audience. Well, uh, thank you. And, and Dave Yellard would be very interested in this too, I'd imagine. He's, he's, he's hanging off every word. <laughs> what we're going to do, or is it... I, I mean, strictly speaking, we're more than 45 episodes in of the two times. Correct. So, we, I mean, if we want to, we can just, we can just chuck them in. Well, we, we, we were arguing, or not arguing, we were actually in, in unison off air, Christian, that maybe uh, the carryover at the end of this year, whether it's episode 23, that we go into 24 next year. Yeah. So that the likes of Allard and Fred Cheena. Yeah. And, and, only and, one, I only have one request, and I've already thought of this. Because round four next year, or round five next year, episode 27, 
Damon, who's sitting right across me, will know exactly what's going on. If that's not Darren Hume, it's got to be I'm Darren Hume or, or Uncle. Well, we we can go we Uncle. We can go like a special guest. Yeah, it's a very special guest. That's gonna, that's going to happen. Darren Hume needs to be on Carlton Media channels more often, and I'll I will fight this crusade. All right, good work. And and, and and again, if I can beg your indulgence for a moment, gents, um, while we're talking football history here, uh, I should point out that this week is the 50th anniversary of of the 30-30 game. Uh, around ah. to 1969, April the 12th, Carlton kicked, was the first team in league history to kick 200 points. A, a record still stands 50 years on. Uh, I am and putting together was, some, some... Sorry, Tone, who was that against? Hawthorne. Hawthorne, I thought Hawthorne. So, yep. And it was the day that they unfurled the 68 Premiership pennant and went out and belled at Hawthorne by 128 points to celebrate. Uh, talk about it, I was there the day, Mo, but how good, how good was that? But um, So I will be writing uh, about that momentous occasion in Carlton history for the website this week. Good work. Well, check out the website, carltonfc.com.au. It's your home for all Carlton-related news, and uh, it is a magnificently curated site, it has to be said. There's a lot of great video there. There's uh, a lot of great content for those who are. Uh, true to the navy blue. Let's just put it that way. Go Blues against the Gold Coast Suns. We would love a win our first of the year. I think I speak for everybody there. Uh, Tone, have a great week, and we'll you catch too, you next Tone. week. Let's hear a bit of blues music.